0: Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to another Visit to the Mount. I'm Lark Smith, along with Stan Huff. And today we have a special guest on the phone with us, Pat Zachary, a former member of the uh, Big Red Machine and the Cincinnati Reds back in their World Series heyday. Pat, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Doing well. Thank you for having
2: me. You bet, Pat. Well, listen, we definitely wanted to uh, get your insight on, you know, your time in the big leagues with the Reds and then getting traded over the Mets. Uh, of course, I got to spend some time with you in spring training over there a few times, and that was a wonderful. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had a good time. And, we uh, did. Yeah, we did. So uh, if you don't mind, just uh, share if, uh, some insights with us Uh
0: well, the first well thing, what first would thing you I, like to know about Well, first thing I'd like to know is, you know, you spent, I believe, like six years in the minor leagues before you ever got up to the big league club. And yes. the, the time in the minor leagues back then in the 70s and the late 70s, early 80s was not quite like it is today because during the off season you would come back to Waco and, and work in my dad's window factory. <laughs> you needed, you needed <laughs> yeah. to supplement your income.
1: <clears throat> yep. Yeah, we uh... – uh, I was a door skinner and uh, pulling uh, bundles of metal for the window shop and uh, door skins for the wood shop. And uh, it was always nice to know that I could count on your daddy get me something to do during the winter so I could put a little gas in the car. And, uh, you know, he, uh, I had to wait uh, oh two or three years before I could go to to, uh, instructional ball in Florida. And that was always helpful. Uh, Get to, oh, right after, right around Thanksgiving. And uh, it just helped, you know, every little bit that you could work on to improve and uh, pick up a little extra cash. Uh, But, you know, it's... I, I didn't uh, regret any minute of being in the minor leagues like that. It was it was always a lot of fun.
0: Now your your time in the minor leagues was spent as a member of the Cincinnati Reds organization. I, I don't know if you have any comparison to the other organizations as far as the the minor leagues go. But uh, about your time in the Cincinnati minor league organization, how much help did you get in developing your talent?
1: They had the best minor league uh, coaches that anybody had. The man that was in charge of the entire minor league uh, system could probably forget more baseball than anybody I was ever around. He was The name was Ron Plaza, and our pitching coach was Scott Breeden, uh, taught me how to throw my change up. And they were just really, really uh, smart people for baseball. And all of the coaches were good. Uh, It was, uh, you know, other than being in the minors for six years, which wasn't uh, what I wanted to do. um, But, again, it was a learning experience. It was was well worth it.
0: Well, I mean – What's the difference between spending, you know, four years of learning your trade in the minor leagues and four years in college and then having two years after your college years to finally get into the pros? It seems like you kind of had a trade school there to, to teach you how to pitch better because when, when you left high school, I knew you had a great fastball, but that's about all you had was a great fastball.
1: Yeah, I did not have much of a breaking ball and I didn't have any change of at all. Um, but... Uh, the first couple of years was just spent learning how to throw those two pitches. And, uh, it was well worth it. It was, it was worth it. Learned how to throw them, learn when not to throw them, which was just as important.
0: (laughs) Who to throw them to and who not to throw them to.
1: Yeah. I had to pick up a few of those pointers the hard way. (laughs) see. Uh,
2: Pat, Pat yeah, Don Warner is one of your catchers. How was that? How was throwing to him?
1: Donnie was as good a catcher as anybody I ever had. Donnie could uh, call a good game, catch a good game. Uh, he hit a little bit, and uh, he you know, was just a r- really good guy to have around. I was surprised he didn't get more time in the major league. Well, he uh... but
2: when he got when when you got traded over the, to the Mets for and in that five player deal uh with Tom Seaver Don uh-huh. Don uh caught Seaver's only no hitter uh that's so, right yeah and uh i asked him how did you get in how did you beat Johnny Bench out he said well he had a bad back <laughs> <laughs> i got to play <laughs> oh my god anyway
0: well, maybe one of the reasons why you had as much success early on is, is you were with the Cincinnati Reds, but that meant you did not have to face the big red machine as far as the guys that were, were hitting. You didn't have to, to throw against a, a Pete Rose or a George Foster or a Johnny Bench.
1: Well, you know the story with Pete. He was uh, going after the National League uh, hitting streak, and uh, he came into – new york and the first three times i faced him uh i got him out and the fourth time up he got his little single and i walked in After i got pulled and uh kicked the helmet and missed it and hit the step (laughs) and broke my foot and i was done for the rest of the year oh no buddy him and his family he took care of my dog all the time we went on the road
0: yeah he told and me a story once about about bronco and uh, it seemed like uh you borrowed his car or something and, and bronco left him a present in the back seat
1: no he used to tease me about that now that dog <laughs> was better he was better at that uh, than uh probably these <laughs> kids were but he, yeah. we pulled up to the gate and uh out and the dog had his uh, place in the back seat and the kids were on either side of him and the next day we went into the clubhouse And pete was teasing me like crazy with uh he had about 15 or 20 riders over with him at his locker and i came walking in and he said zach and he yelled at me from one end of the locker room to the other and he said you know that dog took a in the back of my Rolls Royce last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Pete. And he'd swear up and down to this day. You know, he's he still got that dog Took a crap in the back of my Rolls Royce.
0: <laughs> well, that's the story he told me. I ran into him in Vegas. You know, he hangs out in uh, one of those card shops out there in Vegas. And I told him that i had yeah. I played golf with you earlier that month. And he's he he that was the first story he told me about Pat Zachary it was about your dog.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was a good guy. He took care of me. He took yeah. care of me. That's
0: good. Well, once you got to the big leagues, you know, you you were able to, to earn. Rookie pitcher of the year, with a, a co-rookie of the year. We're, tell us a little bit about that season and the, tell us a little bit about pitching in the World Series that year.
1: A lot of fun. Um, I didn't know we, I would ever get that opportunity. That was one that we all hoped for. Um, but to have my mom and dad, my sister and my niece uh, up in the upper deck, And then as they were leaving after we had uh, uh, won the game, I could just swear I'd heard my dad and my mother just yelling and screaming up in the upper deck. And they were getting ready to leave. And as they were filing out of the uh, bleachers, well, somebody accidentally bumped into my mother and my sister turned around and threatened to beat the heck out of the guy. (laughs) And they were like, oh, lady, whoa, wait a minute, you know. They go going to mess with some gal in Texas. They were about to get a whole bunch of something dumped on their left.
2: <laughs> so, Pat, you but, uh, you, you pitched uh, game ahead. three. You pitched game three of the 77 series against the Yankees. And, uh-huh. and in that game, you picked off Mickey Rivers. Uh, tell us about that part. <laughs>
1: Well, he kind of had a swing and bunt. I was running up to make play on the ball, and my spikes hung in the grass. (laughs) They didn't slide like they used to in uh, after turf. And it uh, made me throw the ball funny, and I hit him in the butt. (laughs) Thank goodness the ball stopped right there. It didn't go running down the uh, baseline and go out in the right field where he advanced. And the uh, scouting report on him was that he liked to take a walking lead and uh, just kind of mosey on off of first base toward second. And as I was coming up into my uh, stretch position, I just flicked over there real quick and he happened to be looking back. <laughs> He wasn't watching me. He had to be looking back to see how far he was off the bag. And, bam, I had him. He was nailed. And, uh, of course, Billy Martin came running out yelling that I was balking. And uh, Billy Williams was the home plate umpire and said, nah, he's all right. He's fine. And uh, we go on and, and uh, win the game. Uh I swear I could hear mother and daddy. You could have heard a pin drop of, you could have heard a pin drop in that place when the uh, rivers got picked off. But everybody but the old man and the mom and dad up there yelling, Yeah <laughs>
0: You mentioned Billy Martin which reminded which reminded me that you played for Sparky Anderson. Tell us a little bit about playing for Sparky.
1: Well, he was hard to get used to. I you was know, most kids grew up to finish a game. You wanted to go eight or nine innings. And Sparky was the one that uh, watched Dick Williams and the way he managed in uh, the playoffs and World Series against the Reds. He had a heck of a bullpen and that's one of the things that kept the Reds from winning those World Series. Uh, eventually, Sparky got around to doing the same type of thing and he didn't need us to go more than five or six innings because we had such a great uh, cast of characters in the bullpen. Uh-huh. And he called on those guys, and you know that, that's about all we needed to do was get five or six innings. And uh, it it turned out well. Pedro Borbon was one of the best relievers of that era. Raleigh Eastwick, Will McInerney. Manny Sarmiento. Uh, we just had a whole bunch of guys that could uh, come in and finish a game.
0: That's outstanding. Yeah. So yeah. It was. yeah so from what you're saying, and and it kind of hits me that maybe uh, Dick Williams was the forerunner of what we're seeing uh, in the major leagues today, as far as how pitchers are used. You've got somebody that they even have what they call an opener now to where they're just basically got a guy out there for the first inning or two, and then it's basically the bullpen after that. But that's all in Major League Baseball right now. They're expecting out of starters is five to six, and if you get seven innings, that's great. But they're not trying to push them past seven.
1: That's right. That's right. And uh, Dick Williams and uh, oh Earl, what was his name, Earl Williams? Earl Weaver.
0: Earl Weaver at Baltimore.
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And uh, guys like that were uh, influential in uh, the, the way baseball changed with uh, regards to the bullpen and pitching staff. And, you know, you used to have guys that would get uh, 250 innings a year. And one of the, my heroes was Jim Maloney. And every year we'd see him with Cincinnati. uh I'm not gonna tell you what his nickname was, but uh,
2: <laughs> we don't we don't need to know that.
1: That's for sure. Yeah, but he was he was so uh, he was such a nice man, so funny, and uh, could really pitch. You know, every year he'd get 250 strikeouts and uh, 250 innings, and uh, he was just an incredible pitcher. Um, but. You know, that was somebody that you looked up to and you tried to emulate. I understand. You know, that first year in the big leagues, and I had 200-plus innings. uh, That's what I wanted to try to repeat. And then you get some fool doctor comes in and says, cough, ah, you got a hernia. We got to have that taken care of. (laughs) Oh, boy. You know, we get get to go over to Hawaii after the World Series and go do the super teams and uh, go home and have hernia surgery and show up for spring training. You can't do anything for about a month and you get off to a late start. You go two and four or whatever it was and they decide, well, we can get rid of this kid and get Tom Seaver. And instead of paying my uh I was gonna make I think nineteen five. So they I had to say that they wanna get Seaver $150. So okay.
2: <laughs> You'll go for that, right?
1: Well they did. Yeah. Got rid of a bunch of us. Right. You know, they got rid of five or six of us that weren't gonna make as much money as he was. Exactly. But I, you know, I I don't know. I don't know how they – it just all happened to work out. I
2: see. Well, Pat, listen, we do appreciate you taking time to visit with us about this and kind of give us some insight on how your career went. You definitely had – you had 10 years in the big leagues, and you did very well.
1: I was uh, very fortunate. I was very fortunate. Um, It – yeah, it came about, but uh, ten years was as much as they'd let me stay. I wanted to stick around for a little bit longer, but they they keep me out.
2: Well, I understand. Just don't
1: come back. Well,
2: well, look, we do appreciate it, and uh, I hope you're doing well. I know you're down there in Round Rock with Josh and the, and the family. So uh, anyway, we the do house of noise. House of Doys with all them boys around, that's
0: yeah. for sure.
1: Golly. <laughs> way.
0: Zach, always good to talk to you, and, and best of luck to you from here on out.
1: Tell soon we have, lark. Sure will. All right, Stanley. thank you, bet. you. You bet. See you, Pat.
0: Bye, that's, guys. Bye-bye. That's our time for this episode of A Visit to the Mound. We do thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments or anything you would like for us to cover, we would love to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Visit to the Mound or visit us online at avisittothemound.com. Make sure you like, subscribe, and review this podcast and be listening the next time we make A Visit to the Mound. That'll wrap up this Visit to the Mound. We certainly appreciate you joining us today for a little baseball talk. Anytime you want to hear something about baseball, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. Or you can go to roguemedianetwork.com for the next edition of A Visit to the Mound. This has been a Rogue
1: Media Podcast.